Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 14, our monthly question and answer session and this one is for May. Beekeeping short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. So welcome back to my weekly podcast, and my thanks to those of you listening via the Patreon page. I really do appreciate your support. If you're not familiar with Patreon, it's a support page where you can help me create more content by signing up to one of my reward tiers, and in return, you gain access to additional content and support from me. These start from as little as $1 per month. I don't charge per video or per podcast, so I believe with the regular quality content I'm producing, $1 represents excellent value for money. If you've not yet started beekeeping and you're looking for help and assistance, pop over to my website, www.norfolk-honey.co.uk forward slash get started and I'll do all I can to help out with suggestions and recommendations for you as you start your beekeeping journey. I'll leave links to the various websites in this week's show notes as usual. Today's topic is our monthly question and answer session where you get to ask me beekeeping related questions and hopefully I can provide some kind of sensible answer. You can access the question and answers page by going to our Patreon page and there you'll see each month uh, a section designed for you to be able to just leave your questions and then I can respond with the answers. So let's kick off. Ian Haslam writes, Hi Stuart, I have a very full hive due to the late spring and I've added a brood box so they could work on drawing comb. I've added a super for the same reason and both to create space. My feeling is that a swarm will be imminent on the first warm day. The question then is, could you discuss bait hives? What works for you? Foundation or drawn? Nukes or full brood boxes? Well, thanks, Ian. It's a great question. The topic of bait hives is an interesting one, and I know that beekeepers put them out each season and regularly catch swarms in them, either from their own colonies or from elsewhere. I also know beekeepers who've never placed a bait hive out, but find swarms hanging from bushes and boxes in their apiaries. I guess it's like being in a prize draw. You have to have a ticket to win, and if you don't put out a bait box, you'll never catch a swarm in it. Personally, I do have nuke boxes that I leave in apiaries as a just-in-case option, and I've always left a frame of dark comb in with a few other frames that perhaps I wouldn't use as fresh replacement frames in my hives. They may have torn foundation or poorly drawn comb. If I haven't got drawn comb, then I simply go with a couple of frames of foundation. I regularly pick up swarms each year in these boxes, so I guess I'm placing out bait hives. I have in the last season or so started putting a couple of drops of lemongrass oil on the top bars of the frames. The reports I see suggest that this is a good swarm attractant, but as yet I haven't had any bite and all of those nukes have remained empty, so the jury's still out. Some beekeepers insist that having these bait boxes at height is also important. I have a range of nuke boxes sitting both on the ground and at about six or seven feet up, usually on a stack of supers or that kind of thing. 
and both have caught swarms. I don't know if one is more favourable than the other, to be honest. All that said, last season, with baked hives scattered around one apiary, with and without lemongrass, a swarm descended and made its home under a pallet on the ground beneath a stack of drawn supers that they couldn't access. If the bees find somewhere they want to set up a new colony, no amount of lemongrass or height is going to change their minds. They had drawn comb beneath the pallet, the queen had laid plenty of eggs, and the brood was developing nicely. I simply cut them out and put them into a nuke where they developed into a nice addition to that apiary. So I'm not really sure if that helps you, Ian, but the best thing to do is to try something out. Maybe try a nuke at height with some lemongrass and see what happens. If it works for you, then great. If it doesn't quite work, then adjust your technique over the season and see how it improves. So our next question comes from Christopher Hindle, and it's a really good question. Can virgin queens and drones pass through a queen excluder? This is another great topic, queen excluders. I know some of you will be keeping bees without using queen excluders and therefore won't have this question to worry about. And of course, beehives such as top bar hives don't incorporate queen excluders at all. But I think the majority of beekeepers probably do use queen excluders, so it's a great question for us to discuss. So to explain for the beginner, the queen excluder, by and large, on most beehives, is designed to separate the queen who's placed in the bottom box or brood box, as it's also known, and keep her away from the supers or honey boxes that sit above the bottom box. This, in most situations, prevents the queen from laying eggs in the frames designed for honey production, those in the honey box or supers, and helps the beekeeper to extract the honey without having to sort through frames that may contain brood. It also means that brood is not destroyed in the extraction process. So for this question, I'm not going to get into the pros and cons of using a queen excluder. I use them along with many other beekeepers, and they work effectively. However, there are pitfalls. If you don't see the queen when you inspect, and she somehow finds her way above the queen excluder, you will have the reverse of the planned positioning of the queen, and all your honey supers will be full of brood, and the bottom box will be full of honey. Also, skinny mated queens can sometimes slip through the queen excluders. They're not always excluded. And also, some queen excluders are easily damaged, particularly when you're cleaning them. So the gap between the wires is enlarged to make it possible for the queen to slip through. Again, not what you want if you're using a queen excluder. But to answer your question, Christopher, in two parts, yes, a queen, and not just a virgin queen, can pass through the excluder. So it's important to keep an eye out for eggs in the super when it appears that the queen has either stopped laying or isn't laying in the brood box. Or you might think that the colony has swarmed because there are no eggs in the bottom box. Secondly, drones are somewhat bigger and for the most part cannot pass through the queen excluder. And this is why it's not advisable to put a queen excluder beneath a brood box in an attempt to prevent swarming. It may seem like a good idea to the beginner, almost logical. If you put the queen excluder beneath the brood box, it stops the queen from swarming and getting out of the brood box. But what will happen is hundreds of drones will try to pass through the queen excluder and get stuck halfway through and die. Obviously not good for them, uh, and certainly not good for you when you have to clean up afterwards. And so in summary... Yes, a virgin queen can get through a queen excluder, 
and most of the time no drones can't get through the queen excluder our next question comes from dave goodman he asks hi Stuart. just checked bees today and i put a super frame into a brood box that had lots of brood in and now at the bottom of the super frame it's all drone now should i have removed this as there will be lots of drones is that good or bad does it encourage swarming or is it good for mating i have eight colonies and shall want to get a few new queens this year what do you think well hi dave thanks for the question it's an interesting question and one that has several answers depending on your reasons for using the super frame in the brood box let's look at what happens in most cases if you place a super frame into the brood box it will be shallower than the other brood frames already in there and the bees will draw comb from the bottom of the frame to utilize the space that you've created with the shorter frame in the vast majority of cases the comb that is built beneath the super frame is drone comb larger cells so the queen can lay unfertilized eggs in them to create drones or male honeybees here's one reason why you might do this varroa trapping this is a mechanical method of removing varroa mites from a colony rather than using chemicals or other methods the way it works relies on the fact that drones take longer to develop in the cells than workers workers take 21 days whereas drones take 24 days this gives the varroa mite a chance to reproduce more effectively in the safety of a sealed cell so the method involves placing a super frame into the brood box and allowing the bees to draw drone comb and the queen to lay eggs into those cells the beekeeper allows the cells to be capped thus trapping any varroa mites inside those cells but the important thing here is to make sure you remove the frame and cut off the attached sealed drone brood before the drones emerge and effectively allow the multiplied numbers of varroa to escape into your colony so anytime after approximately day 12 to 14 the drone cells should all be capped if you leave it to around day 14 or 15 all of the drone cells should be capped and that just allows for some that were maybe laid later than the earliest cells that the queen laid in but remember you must remove the comb before day 24 of the earliest drones or you will potentially flood the hive with varroa pop that cutaway comb into the freezer to kill the drones and varroa and then if you have chickens like me feed the comb to them they'll love it another reason for placing a super frame into the brood box might be to create an excess of drones with a particular set of traits that you want to have your virgin queens mate with producing more drones than a colony would normally create gives a higher percentage chance that those drones might be successful on their mating flights and pass on those genetics that you want to see advance through your colonies onto those virgin queens so in answer to your question dave adding a super frame to a brood box can be good but also if you get it wrong it can be very bad does it encourage swarming the experience i have is that no it it won't encourage any swarming and it can be very good for mating because if that colony has the kind of traits that you want to see reproduced through your new queens then producing more drones will increase the chances of those drones mating with the virgin queens as they go off on their mating flights so good luck with it and please do let me know how you get on finally 
Duncan Heather poses a tricky question for me, and he says, This might be a tricky one, Stuart. After rain, how long does it take the plant to replace pollen and nectar before the bees can forage again? Hi, Duncan. Uh, You're absolutely right. This is a tricky question. I guess it's a question that I don't have any scientific evidence to back up what I'm about to say, but in my experience, a lot depends on the type of plant and obviously the amount of rain that you have. Um, But for instance, uh, I recently inspected some honeybees on oilseed rape. So that's also known as canola in some parts of the world. And I guess I was at the oilseed rape within about an hour after it had stopped raining and the bees were out foraging and they were bringing back pollen uh, from the oilseed rape. So uh, pretty quickly is the non-scientific answer. I think probably there are maybe plants out there that take a little longer and if the rain is particularly heavy and it happens to dampen the pollen too much or it washes the pollen away then obviously the plants are going to take longer to produce more. But generally I think the bees are back on the plants fairly quickly after any rain has fallen. I'm not sure that that answers your question particularly well Duncan so I apologise for that. And maybe next month you ask me a slightly easier question. Well, that's it for another week. Thank you so much for listening in, and please do keep the comments coming. I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. Beekeeping Short and Sweet.